well, hello, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us here for week three of the PLS 150 podcast. Um, so this week, we're going to be turning our attention to probably the two central concepts within the study of politics and political science, and that is power and legitimacy. And these are terms that I think are interesting for a whole host of reasons, Then we can recognize it in a host of our own experiences and things that we do in our daily lives. Same with legitimacy. Um, maybe that's a word that you're a little bit less familiar with, but I think it, at the same time, it has a certain intuitive component to it, right? It's something that we can easily grasp and understand what we mean when I say when I'm talking about power and I'm talking about legitimacy, right? So the, it, on the one hand, it, it has they, these concepts have those features. However, on the other hand, they also have these interesting properties of once we start scratching the surface and digging into these concepts a little bit deeper, they become, for lack of a better term, somewhat mysterious as to how they work and the ways in which they work and how we identify and measure them is, is probably the most fascinating component of these concepts or the most interesting component of these concepts. Um, so that's kind of what I want to talk about today. Um, and I think that will tie in nicely with, it's a kind of nice bridge between what we talked about last week with Hobbes and Locke. Um, perhaps even specifically Hobbes, but also Locke to a certain extent, and what we'll be talking about next week in terms of trying to understand the ways in which political scientists try to evaluate and develop some sort of systematic knowledge of the political world, of the social world more broadly, and politics within the social world. And that is this idea of measurement. And I think for the podcast today, um, we'll be focusing in on this concept as a way to uncover and consider some of the mysterious, as I like to use, aspects of these phenomena. Right. So let's start with power, right? So on one level, I think, again, as, as I mentioned before, I think we have a pretty good idea of what we mean when we're talking about power, like someone's in charge, someone's the boss, someone's the president, someone's the prime minister, uh, and so forth, right? Someone's the leader of a club. I know a lot of you are involved in club activities here at AIU, so we can all intuitively understand that our parents, right, have power, um, particularly when we're younger. Um, you guys are kind of in that phase where your parents have less power over you, or maybe you want them to have less power over you. Who knows, right? So in some ways, we're very intimately aware of power. We experience it. I mean, to be frank, as the instructor or the professor or whatever in this course, I have some power um, to decide grades and decide course policies, to decide that this is a podcast you should listen to, right? So all is a way to say we're, we're you know, these are things, these are experiences um, that we're familiar with and that are part of our daily lives, things that we encounter very regularly. But the question becomes, and, and this is where I think it's an interesting issue, is how do we measure power, right? What, what are the ways that we try to evaluate and understand um, different forms of power, right? Because power expresses itself, social power expresses itself in a host of different ways that we can think of. I mean, one of the most obvious ones is violence, right? That there's power that uh, we can think of, particularly in terms of the state or other political actors that use violence or the threat of violence or um, putting people in prison, right, uh, as a way to have power. But we can also think in terms of not just official political actors like the state or the police, but also criminals or other people who attempt to use violence and threats of violence to shape and change our behavior. And I want to kind of put that to the side, though, for a minute, because in some ways, 
Not that that's simple either, and that's a very complex set of issues surrounding the use of violence for power and so forth, but it's easier, shall we say. I want to focus in on, because I think the most common expressions of power are ones that don't manifest themselves in terms of violence or even threats of violence, but in terms of issues of rules and people dictating rules and people following rules, right? And this is already hinting at our companion concept of legitimacy, but let's just stay focused on power for now. How will we measure power and how do we evaluate power in terms of its relative kind of properties, right? And I'll use just an example in my own life just to maybe make things easier. The director of my program is Mizuno Sensei, right? So in the kind of power ranking uh, an AIU or what have you, right? He is above me. And then there's Vice President Kumagai Sensei, who is the Vice President of AIU. And so in some ways, he is on the kind of power ranking or power ordering, maybe is a better word, uh, sits above uh, Mizuno Sensei and, and pretty much most of the other faculty here. Okay. And then we have the president, currently President Suzuki, um, at the very top, right? So that all makes sense, right? You're probably saying, okay, yeah, sure. So we can understand power in, in some sense. It's, it's perhaps easy for us to grasp in these relative ways. But what if I wanted to say, well, how much more powerful is Vice President Kumagai than um, Professor Mizuno Sensei? Well, then it becomes, well, I don't know. I mean, w- when we start thinking about it in that way, it's like, well, is Mizuno Sensei a seven power and Kumagai Sensei a nine power? And, and what would that even mean? And this is where things start to break down in terms of our understanding, where it, it makes sense to us to, to think about a hierarchy. Person A is more powerful than person B, and person B is more powerful than person C. Therefore, person A is more powerful than person B and C, right? That's all kind of a relative conceptualization that somehow makes some intuitive sense to us. But when I start saying, well, what exactly does that translate into? How do we measure that? And I want to contrast this with a concept that we're also all familiar with, money, right? Wealth. If I have 10,000 yen and you have 20,000 yen, you have twice as much money as me. If I have 10,000 yen and you have 100,000 yen, you have 10 times as much money as me, right? That money and wealth does have these kind of nice properties of working somewhat in a easy to kind of divisible way, right? In terms of measurement, right? That we can use wealth to measure in that way. But when you try to map such a similarity onto power, what does it mean exactly to say someone is 10 times more powerful than another person? That almost sounds probably weird, right? Because we don't know. We can say people have different positions, right? Power is very positional, but when we try to actually translate that into some sort of measure, it it kind of starts to break down. And then it also gets into the question of how is power exercised, right? So we can think of a whole host of mechanisms that range from very coercive violence and threats of violence to much less coercive forms of power, such as like social norms and ideas of what's polite and what's good manners. Like those all exert power on us, but they operate in very different ways, right? And what are the mechanisms that make someone who has power have the ability to affect and shape the behaviors of others? And and we can think about kind of some examples, but if we really think about where where power resides in that kind of relationship and those kinds of nature is often very much um, on one level 
at the level of psychology, at the level of our minds. We talked about Hobbes thinking about the state and our and our fear of the state is existing very much in our minds as much as like a real physical institution, that power. And that's another interesting feature of power, right? It exists in our minds and exists in social relations and in relations to one another. And, and in that way, it's very hard to grasp, right? Money, there actually is physical bills that represent money. There are like bank accounts. I don't have a power bank account. Maybe I, I you know, as a metaphor, I do, but not in a real way. You could say I have power in this class as the instructor, but what does that translate into specifically? And all is a kind of thought exercise to think how complicated it is and because power is, a, is, again, a social relationship, that power exists between people, right? Now, maybe it resides and in, 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 in operates at the level of one person's mind or from one mind to another mind um, in a certain expression outside of kind of more coercive, violent forms of power, but it exists in the spaces in between us, right? And that it manifests itself as a social, a set of social relations, which makes it, again, compared to wealth, much more difficult to measure. Now, of course, wealth and money ultimately is a social relations as well. I mean, you need money is we all agree this has value and we agree to use it to buy and sell things and so forth. But it, it, it reduces down to something that is far more tangible than power. Um, the units of measure are far more easy and far more divisible. And I think this is just a way to kind of open up your thinking about, wow, power is kind of strange. It has this huge effect on human behavior, but it's very hard to grasp and it's very hard to kind of, I always think about it, it's like a balloon, like a long balloon. Like when you grab one end, the air shoots to the other side. And when you grab one end, the air shoots back to the other side, right? The the more you try to grab it, 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 it eludes kind of a firm understanding like and that's what i think power and we'll, we're going to talk in just a minute um, a little bit about legitimacy hold those positions in our life is that we can understand them and, and when i started saying we're going to start talking about power and i gave you some examples i'm sure all of this seems very intuitive and familiar to you however once we again start to scratch the surface and dig in a little bit and start saying well where how do we measure this and how do we value this and how do we understand how much power someone has versus another, and then how is that power actually deployed and used, and, and how does it shape people's behavior in what particular ways and, and through what mechanisms? Um, in many cases, it starts to become much more complicated, right? Of course, we can think of a scenario where like someone has a gun and they walk up to you and say, okay, I'm going to shoot you unless you give me your wallet. Okay, that might be a little bit easier, but if, again, if we think about most people's experience of power in almost our everyday lives, it functions at a much, much different level than that. And I think this is a very important window into starting to think about what we talked about in the first class of the semester about politics and power being everywhere. And that's, that's not to make you like cynical or think that like everyone's out to get you. It's that it's, again, in, in going back to this kind of Aristotelian view that we adopted in the first um, podcast of the semester, right? It's just wed into human existence and human life, right? And so it's not pointing out that like everyone's, you know, power hungry or, or it's not necessarily meaning like there's some negative view of human nature at play here. It, it's like a, a constitutional, a foundational part of us and it, it functions in our lives. I mean, even in these very natural basic relationships of parents and children. And on this note, then, as we start to think about these matters a little bit further, it begins to tie into the other component of these twin conceptions driving in, in at the heart of a lot of politics in the political world, and that's legitimacy. And legitimacy gets into the question of why do we listen or follow power? Right? Why do we do what people say? I mean, it seems like a very 
simple question and I think very often one that we it for necessary to make life easier. We don't stop and think about why we follow others' directions. I mean, why are you going to turn in an assignment in a few months, right? I mean, you probably haven't pondered, you know, for this class or other classes. You probably haven't sat at home and pondered why you are going to turn in these classes, you know, turn in these assignments, right, as you were asked to by your instructor. Um, and in some ways, that reveals kind of the way legitimacy is meant to operate, um, or it reveals to us how much power and legitimacy are kind of entwined with our lives to the point where perhaps we don't even think about them um, a great deal. But legitimacy gets at the question of why is someone's directions or requests or orders or what have you, um, why should they be followed? Why do we follow them? And if you look at the notes for this week, you'll see that there's two very different ways or interesting ways to think about legitimacy um, within the study of politics. And one is kind of taken from a much more, it's rooted in observation, right? It's rooted in what we can see. And, and this is a tradition in political science. This is going to set us up nice for our discussion next week of kind of how do we study politics? How do we study the social world? And in one view, it says we should focus on what we can see. And in that view, legitimacy is understood um, to the extent that it exists, that there is an expectation that orders or requests will be followed, rules will be followed. And if we observe people following those rules, then we can take it to mean that the system is considered legitimate. You know, There's a lot more to dig into there, but that's kind of one view of it. And the other is much more rooted in um, ethics and, and normative, what we call normative philosophy, which we will talk about next week as well. And that's the idea that legitimacy must be rooted in some sort of sense of justice or fairness or, or some ideal type, right? Um, we can think of this, obviously, this is previewing what we're going to be covering towards the end of the semester, democracy. Democracy is this idea that a government is legitimate because the people have voted for it, because the people support it, or that the government um, is constrained in certain actions, that the government can't do certain things, and that makes it a legitimate government. And that's a much different view of legitimacy, where it is rooted in certain normative or ethical claims about fairness, justice, equality, and so forth, right? But what I want to emphasize here before we wrap uh, this episode up is just how interrelated these are, right? That power... Like if I ask you guys to do an assignment and then no one turns it in, does that do I have power, right? And 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 obviously that would mean that you the class did not take my request as legitimate, um, observationally or or perhaps even ethically, right? Uh, just to give an example, and in and how these concepts are two sides of the same coin, right? That power necessitates legitimacy and legitimacy necessitates power, right? That they're kind of interrelated in a very intricate and interesting way, right? That, And in some ways, we end up in kind of a circle where power gives us legitimacy and legitimacy gives us power. And that is, I guess, a good place as any to leave it is to think about that cycle and that interconnection of power and legitimacy. Well, there's a lot more to say about these topics. I think, again, these are the kind of key building blocks of understanding the political world and perhaps the social world more broadly. And I look forward to t looking at your comments and building um, from them for the class next week. Thanks so much. Have a great day. And I will see you next class.